Blog Talk Radio. Welcome once again to Madam Perry Salon, the podcast that loves you. I am your host, your groove mistress and cruise director, Madam Perry, but you can call me Jen, Jennifer, JP, Perry. Just glad that you're here. And thank you so much to everyone who's been subscribing on whatever podcast platform you prefer uh, to listen. When you enjoy podcasts, thank you. Thank you for all the nice reviews people have left. Um, about the the guests that I have and that you enjoy the show. I really appreciate all that. And if you have any suggestions, I'd like to hear them. Uh, Also, last night we had Vanessa Dow, uh, sort of a jazz electronica singer, and I knew she was popular. You know, some of her songs have been featured in films. And also she had three number one hits, on the Billboard Top 100 Dance Charts. Uh, I knew you loved her like I did, but I was really overwhelmed with all the response I got, and so is Vanessa. And, yes, she has a new album coming soon and a one-woman show when she's able to get out and, and deliver it, and we can tell it's going to be good. Also, um, I promised Bruce Sedano because he was on two weeks ago. You know Bruce, songwriter, musician, Brooklyn Dreams, Alive and Kicking, and, of course, all the work he did with his late wife, Donna Summer. Um, and his newest CD, which is, is an EP, and it is called Spirals, Volume 1. And, again, if you want to know how to get that, I am sharing it all on my social media, how to get it, whether you wanted a CD or uh, if you want an MP3, either way, I got that for you. So I'll be sharing all the information. And, um, yeah, so because of you listening and giving nice reviews, you helped me to get so many guests that we've had lately or always, we've got coming up soon, and like we have tonight. So tonight, you know, people have asked me about this, and uh, yes, I'm excited. Uh, Our guest is a speaker, syndicated radio host, live coach, and he's the best-selling author. He's got several books, but the best-selling author of It's My Life Too, Thrive and Stay Alive as a Caregiver. But of course, to him, his most important role is being a caregiver to his beautiful wife, Charlene. Now, I am going to go ahead and just bring him into the genie bottle right now because I'm so excited. And Dave Masani, welcome to Madam Perry's Salon. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Well, I am delighted. I'm thrilled to have you here. My <laughs> gosh, you have been so you <laughs> you are so well known, and you are such a, a celebrity in, in your field. Um, <laughs> you've been. I've seen you on TEDx. I've seen you on Rockstar Business Stage, which that was a fun that was a fun show to watch. I've seen you on several television shows, and you shared the stage, if I'm not mistaken, with people like. Suzanne Summers. I'm not going to ask you if she showed you how to use the thigh master. And also, <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner. I mean, for real, the Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, 
Yeah. And don't forget uh, Martha around. Stewart and Ice T and and uh, oh yeah, too many to mention. Well, I was honored. Uh, Carnegie Hall, Harvard, Nasdaq, uh, West Point. I've, I've no one is more humble than surprised than me. You know, I just give God all the glory and the praise and the appreciation. Well, you certainly earned it, worked for it, and yes, um, I give God the glory too for somebody like you and Charlene. We're such a beautiful couple, and what you've worked through and created to share to help so many people. And yes, I did see the picture of you with Martha Stewart. I thought, Lord, Martha Stewart too. I didn't know about Ice T, but how cool! <laughs> and uh, and now. And I get you here in Madame Perry's salon, right here in the genie bottle. Get a big cushion um, for you, a big cushion for Charlene. Get comfortable. And I want you to tell me how you came to be known as Caregiver Dave. Well, about 23 years ago, I was just a normal guy, kind of just like uh, anybody else out there. I owned a gas station uh, for 40 years. And we were entering, my wife and I, my wife Charlene, into our emptiness phase of life. You know, if any of you are out there, it means you've got some freedom, some money in the bank, you can travel, you don't have to worry about the teenagers destroying the house while you're gone. (laughs) We had three daughters. (laughs) We got them all raised. We got them out of the house. We even got them married off, each one twice. (laughs) Because they didn't listen to us the first time. (laughs) Well, well, anyway, my wife was complaining to me about this headache that she had for three days. It was a Labor Day weekend. She didn't want to go to the doctor because, first of all, the doctors aren't there on a holiday weekend. She didn't want to go to the ER because who wants to go to the ER on a holiday? So she was going to wait until the following day. But unfortunately... That day didn't come for her. By the time the ambulance arrived, it was too late. She had suffered a massive stroke, and it left her severely speech-impaired and paralyzed on one side. And in that moment, just everything turned upside down for us. Our world was so different. Um, I had become a caregiver, and I didn't even know what a caregiver was. And then we entered into, I didn't know it at the time, but... I do now, the grief process, that awful, awful grief process, where a couple of years, two to three years, two and a half years, I think, because I, uh, I try not to remember it, it was so bad, that, uh, you know, Charlene was grieving her loss because she had lost her body, basically, and she had lost her car and her driving privileges, her big, beautiful house. She lost her relationship with her one-year-old mm. granddaughter who who didn't, act the same because grandma was slightly different. She lost all the things that she did. She was like Martha Stewart and Wonder Woman. You know, she was, uh, she made uh, all these uh, ceramic dolls. She used to sew. She was a gourmet cook. I mean, the list goes on and on. She was a wedding coordinator, an interior decorator. She was a hairdresser. She used to have her own salon. (laughs) And all of that was like gone. So she was grieving big time. And then I was grieving, and I became angry and bitter, just like she was angry and bitter, because I had lost my wife. This wasn't the same woman that I married. 
and I didn't know how mm-hmm. to act or what to do. We were we were living six weeks in the hospital, just believing that this was just a speed bump, that it would be over soon. And then there was six weeks at home, uh, home health care, the therapist coming, speech therapy, physical therapy, occupational therapy. And then it was uh, inpatient uh, therapy, you know, where we were traveling to Northridge Hospital. So after 6, 12, 18 weeks, you know, the insurance says, well, you know, uh, she's plateaued and probably that's all she's going to be able to accomplish, you know. And she's she's accomplished a lot. But by that time, she still mm-hmm. could not talk. She knew only about a dozen words. She still could not walk. So she can communicate, though, over the years through Pictionary and Charades, which are two games I hate, by the way, but I'm learning to love. <laughs> oh, no. And I bought her a power chair, and she goes faster than I do now. Uh, <laughs> I can't keep up with her. <laughs> we travel the world. Um, it took a while to get over the grief process because, like I said, she was angry and bitter and taking it all out on me because I was the only one around to take it out of. So it got so bad, I remember writing a letter because I just couldn't take it anymore. I said, Charlene, why are you so mean to me? I mean, it's, I know it's hard being your husband, but I can't seem to take care of you anymore. Um, I just don't think I can be with you. And, you know, I looked at that letter, and I read it over mm-hmm. and over again, and I said, how can I give this to my soulmate, to the mother of my children, to the woman that I loved and was with for 23 years? I, I just couldn't do it. So I stuck it in my filing cabinet under letters, <laughs> letters never sent, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. And I just went on in my isolation and my loneliness and my depression. And and fortunately, uh, about a few days later, I found a business card in my pocket. I don't know who gave it to me, how it got there, but it was inviting me to a caregiver support group. I didn't even know what a caregiver was. Like I said, I certainly didn't know what a support group was. But I figured, well, somebody must think I need this, and what have I got to lose? I'm miserable. So I went. And that's when everything changed for me. I met people there who were just like me, burned out caregivers. (laughs) I learned if I didn't take care of me, I couldn't take care of Shirley. Mm -hmm. And I was reminded that the airlines tell us every time I go on a plane and I tune them out, in the event of an emergency, put your oxygen mask on first. A mask will drop before you put your loved one's mask on. You know, hello, what is uh-huh. a metaphor for all of life? Take care of you first. Not out of selfishness, but out of survival. So I started right. just taking care of me, and it felt selfish, and it felt uh, guilty. But, you know, I said, well, they told me to do it, so I'm just going to do it, and I'm not going to worry about the selfishness and the guilty feelings that I'm having. And... And slowly, slowly, very slowly, she started coming around and started becoming her old self again. And finally, our love was actually rekindled. She started uh, being her old self again, started decorating the house. We had to move from her dream house to a smaller house. It was all white and no window dressings. And that's just not Charlene living in a white house. But she lived in it for a year, just being depressed, just moping around. Um mm-hmm. And then finally, I guess she just found peace with God and realized that, you know, uh, if I'm still alive, I still have a purpose here. God's not done with me yet. So she she paid the the kid next door to start painting the house, and color came into the house. And then she got wow. me to help uh, build uh, valances for curtains and drapes and window dressings and 
and you know, a little wallpaper here, a little. <laughs> I mean, the place she had transformed a house into a home, and because the first Christmas that she had. It was dark. I mean, she's a Christmas nut. She has Christmas oh. decorations, a whole shed oh, full of Christmas. No. We were the most uh, uh, decorated house on the block, and and it was dark. And I remember my teenage daughter and I says, we should do something, you know. So we made a, uh, mm-hmm. a feeble attempt to decorate that Christmas. And <laughs> it was better than nothing, but it was certainly nothing that Charlene would have done. So Right. As she was coming around of her old self, she decided she was going to put on a dinner party. So she invited some guests, and she did that all the time before. And uh, and mind you, you know, I, I wrote the first book about our life together. It's called One Arm, One Leg, One Hundred Words: Overcoming Unbelievable Hardships. Because she basically only has one <laughs> arm and one leg, and just a handful of words. And so five days of preparation, going to the store, cooking and preparing, and and uh, you know, cutting and. And doing all of this, she put on her dinner party, and it was a smash, just like she always did. She Aww. decided she was going to do everything she did before. She started making dolls again. She started sewing. I would come home from work at the gas station. The house would be clean. The dinner would be on the table. The uh, laundry's done. The dishes are done. And I said, where are the elves that that helped you do all of this stuff? <laughs> Well, after a while, I just started realizing. Let me know when you're up on a break Uh and I can, uh, you know. But she started realizing that there are other caregivers out there feeling lost and alone and lonely (laughs) and suffering. And I didn't want them to hurt anymore. I didn't want them to give up like I almost gave up. So I became Dave the Caregiver's Caregiver. (laughs) And like you said, I now host a popular syndicated radio show. heard in all 50 states, 135 countries. I've been on... TV, 35 of them, all across the country, from Hawaii to Washington, D.C., all those stages. I'm writing my fourth book, and I'm helping caregivers stay alive. And my message is how to prevent your loved one's illness or disease, and now more recently, the coronavirus, from killing you. And that's my story. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, you're right. And it only took me 10 minutes to say it. (laughs) It's getting shorter. But it's a magnificent story. You know, the way you, yes. like you said, when you got the card about a caregiver support group, you're like, okay, well, what is a caregiver and why do they need support? You know, who who supports <laughs> them? Um, what is the deal here? You know, but then it's one of those uh, one of those things that happens that you don't know how it happened. There was my best friend that I always say, we think our, our guardian angels are best friends too, and that yeah. they love uh, putting things in front of us that will surprise us like some kind of a – synchronicitous <laughs> moment, you know, and you go, oh, and they're probably wondering where that came from. So, yes, yeah, so you got that, and then, of course, like, you, when you talk about Charlene, we said she was such a, she loved to decorate, I mean, my gosh, this is woman, and, you know, even when I see her pictures, and I've seen her sitting, you know, with you on, on, a, a, on a news talk show or talk segment, I mean, you can just see from the, from the way you describe how her life had always been, and when you see her in her different way she oh she's a fabulous dresser and you see her on there one of my favorites she's got on this great kind of pinkish mauve hat and it's like she's got on pink satin shoes aren't they going oh i love the shoes i love the hat and uh you can just tell there's an effervescent creative spirit that is this woman you know um, well, this is charlene you know she am i reading this like... right am i seeing her yeah she won't leave huh? she won't leave the house unless uh Unless she looks like the Queen of England, you know, and and 
I have to dress up. <laughs> Otherwise, I look like a bum next door, you know? <laughs> oh, not a bum. Maybe a gigolo, but not a bum. But it's like, <laughs> but you know, um, you see that, and you think it's got to be even more soul crushing. You know, somebody's used to decorating, and and this is their big time, and seeing things, and then how bad. And of course, it's not any easier. Yeah, for the caregiver who's trying. And so, uh, how how wondrous that you did get the info, go to this meeting. Get what it's all about and learn that, yes, when something happens, the oxygen mask, you put your own first. Otherwise, you're no good to her. Yep. And I would guess that probably made uh, things, I don't know, maybe might have made her feel more secure when she were taking care of yourself and taking the lead on this. Well, maybe whatever I was doing was contagious. She saw me, you know, um, having fun and and. You know, when I needed respite and to get away for the weekend, I'd hop on a plane. I'd get her mother to watch her, and I'd I'd go to New York, uh, visit cousins I haven't seen in decades, and I'd come back refreshed and recharged, and I was able to be a good caregiver for another week or two, and then I'd start getting burned out. I'd go again, and and so I think she just realized, hey, he's living life. Maybe I should too. So I I hope Mm -hmm. it was contagious, and I hope that that was part of the reason that she, you know, sought God. She had very strong faith before. <laughs> She's giving me dirty looks because she doesn't like that I was flying away. I told her, don't distract me during this call. I'm going to be talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you two are quite a couple. You've been married a long time, haven't you? Forty, how long? Forty-five years either married or together. I think we were together for a year and three months, and so that was 75, 6, 7, 8, 9. So mm-hmm. technically 44 and a half years, but we've been together 45 and a half years, um, almost you know, almost 46 years. And we 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 met God together, you know, and uh, before we were married, and that's the reason we got married, because uh, we got along so well that... Um, I says, you know, I may not meet someone as good as this. I was, she's ten years older than me, so I was just a teenager uh, when I first met her, and she had a, a husband. I used to, he used to go sailing with me because I'm a sailor, and then uh, I didn't see them both for a couple of years. So now I'm 20 now, and um, I was putting together another sailing trip, and I had a friend's house, and she was over. It was her best friend, and. Uh, she's overhearing us putting in t- together the trip, and she goes, I want to go sailing too. And I look up, and I said, you look familiar. Do I know you? She goes, I'm Charlene, John's wife or ex-wife. I says, oh, I'm sorry. She goes, don't be. He was a real jerk. And I says, oh, okay. She says, yeah, so I want to go sailing. I says, well, he brought you on, on a sailing trip one time, didn't he? And she says, yeah. I says, oh, yeah, I remember. I says, you didn't get sick, right? She goes, no. I says, okay, you can come. You know, because that's the litmus test for going sailing. Uh, if you're going to get sick, that's just a bummer. Uh, so I don't want you. <laughs> so the next thing I know, the next day, I think it was the next day, very shortly after that, I get a phone call from her. She didn't have my number, so someone gave her my number. And she goes, I just want to thank you so much for inviting me to go sailing. I wanted to show my appreciation by inviting you over to my house for dinner. I'm a gourmet cook. Well, I didn't even know what a gourmet cook was, but it sounded good. I was a starving oh. student at USC, and we never turned down a free meal. So I said, okay. 
But on my way over there, I'm saying, God, this woman's like old. She's like 30 or something. And I was like 20, you know. And in those days in the 70s, we never trusted anyone over 30. And what is this? Why is this woman inviting me over for dinner? I said, I don't know, but I'm going. So I ring the doorbell, and, and the door opens up, and all of a sudden I get this woof of three aromas that just hit me in the head. And and you know how in a, in a movie or on television, everything just freezes except for the action character, right? And he's thinking like in his mind yeah. uh, one second, and, and the things just slow down. And so I'm thinking, I'm looking in the background, I I see... Uh, well, first the smells. Let's talk about the smells. I, I first smelled this amazing mm. smell, which I later realized was her perfume. It was like Giorgio. And I, that smelled pretty good. And then mm-hmm. I smelled uh, a very familiar scent for the 70s. It was incense burning, you know, in the back. I knew that smell. <laughs> and then the third one was this aroma coming out of the kitchen that smelled like nothing I'd ever smelled before. It was good. Because I'm I'm Middle Eastern, my parents are Syrian on both sides, and all I ever ate uh, as I was growing up with was either burnt steak, burnt hamburgers, or Syrian food, and I, I thought that's all there was to eat. So I had a very undeveloped palate, and uh, I know what burnt meat smells like, and I know what Syrian food smells like, but this stuff smelled really good. So then I'm looking in the background, you know, behind her, and, and I notice it's dark in the living room there, and, and there's candles flickering like everywhere. It's like church. And then I hear in the background, unforgettable, that's what you are. And I said, oh, crap. <laughs> I'm on a date. And then I said, oh, my God, do I want to be on a date with this older woman? So I checked her out from top to bottom, and she was wearing this muumuu thing, you know, that they used to wear in the 70s from Hawaii. And, and you know what? She looked pretty good. I never looked at her that way before. <laughs> and and then I told myself, I can do this. And then reality came back. And that all happened like in a second. <laughs> and so she says, you're going to love tonight's dinner. And I says, really? She goes, yes, it's an eight-course meal. He says, the whole theme is stuffed. Everything is stuffed. We had stuffed uh, dessert. Stuffed uh, caviar with mushrooms and stuffed Cornish game hens and, and you know, some other things that were stuffed I can't remember. But by the end of the evening, I was stuffed. And so needless to say, we had a wonderful evening. Uh, it was a date, <laughs> and I was okay with that. And now she's my new girlfriend. And so we went sailing. And it's a nine-hour trip from Catalina uh, from Marina del Rey in Los Angeles to Catalina Island, and we leave at midnight, and we get there when the sun comes up. And it, uh, I remember we just talked and talked and talked and talked, and uh, you know the getting to know you dance, and it was amazing. I'd never mm-hmm. met a girl like this before. Of course, she wasn't a girl; she was a woman, a W O M A N. And uh, I had only gone out with teeny boppers, and uh, you know they just couldn't compete. This woman could cook. You know, and they say the way to a man's heart is through his stomach, and she was intelligent. Oh, did I mention she had two daughters uh, from a previous marriage, a five-year-old and a ten-year-old, and she had a crazy ex-husband who had uh, abused her one time, beat her up, gave her a black, two black eyes and a broken nose, and then felt remorse and wanted her back and was stalking her and stalking her boyfriends and slashing their tires mm. and 
And so uh, everyone's Good is, well, are you crazy going out with this woman? What are you crazy? She's got kids. She's got a crazy ex-husband. She's 10 years older than you. You're still in your third year at USC. Are you crazy? What are you thinking? I said, I don't know. We we get along. We don't fight. Everything's great. And, and uh, you know, fear, <laughs> what do they say? Um, fools rush in where angels dare to tread. <laughs> well. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, we decided to get married because after a year and three months, I didn't want to kick myself in the butt for the rest of my life, realizing that I had uh, given away the only woman that I had gotten along with. But let me get back to the sailing trip because uh, I left you hanging there. So um, yeah. we got to Catalina. We had a great time. We got back on the boat. All of a sudden, uh, we slept, spent the night on the boat. And all that night, uh, the Santa Ana winds, if you know what those are, they started blowing. And uh, by the next yeah. morning, it, it was 35-mile-an-hour uh, winds, 10-foot uh, swells. The small craft advisory flag was fluttering in the wind. And I told my crew of misfits, they were all from my father and my uncle's <laughs> gas stations. You know, there's kind of like that movie Car Wash, those kind of people, <laughs> you know, drug addicts, alcoholics, you know, but it was the only crew I could find. <laughs> and my girlfriend, of course, uh, my new girlfriend. So I tried to convince him that we needed to wait another day because it wasn't safe to sail back. And he says, no, no, your dad will fire us, your brother will fire us, you know. And so I knew I was going to have a mutiny on my hand if I didn't. Uh, uh, I says, well, let me go on the island and find some old salty skipper who I can get some advice on because I've never sailed in a storm before. I didn't tell them that. So I found this old guy with a white beard down to his belly button smoking a, a pipe. He looked like Popeye. You know, he had a hat on that said Captain. And I says, that's the guy. And I says, hey, how you doing? He says, hey. I says, would you go out on a day like this? He looks up at the flag. He says, no, nope, not if I didn't have to. I says, well, we kind of have to. You got any advice? So he gave me some advice, you know, lower the sails halfway and motor all the way and hit the waves at a 45-degree angle instead of head on. Otherwise, the boat will actually fall 10 feet down from the top of the swell to the bottom of the swell and crack the, the boat. I says, oh, man, that's what I get myself into here. Anyway, I told, I got back on the boat, told them all that it was going to be, oh, and as I'm leaving, he says, oh, by the way, do you have any foul weather gear? I says, you mean raincoats and stuff? He goes, yeah. I says, no. He says, too bad. Every wave is going to be across that bow. <laughs> so I told the crew, and I, you know, I was trying to scare them, say we should, you know, we shouldn't do this. And they all got excited. He says, that sounds like so much fun. Let's do it. I said, oh, man. <laughs> and, and of course, it did sound like fun. <laughs> And so for the first hour, it we had a lot of fun. You know, I was like the Old Spice guy sailing in the storm, you know. But after an hour, that spray of water that hit us every few seconds, it, it turned my Navy peacoat into this 100-pound anchor. It was so wet and heavy. And then the cold started cutting through us like a knife. And... Uh, Eventually, uh, one by one, everybody got sick. They turned green, went down below, and barfed. And I looked at my girlfriend. <laughs> Did I mention this was my first date? <laughs> and she's green. And I said, oh, my God, she's never going to want to go out with me again. And then one guy freaks out. We're going to die. We're never going to see land again. I said, shut up. I've been in many storms worse than this. Of course, I hadn't. But, you know, you gotta, <laughs> you got to have leadership. Anyway, to make a long story short. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, eight hours later, it was quiet, and everybody was miserable. We were just all waiting to get back. Finally, I hear, land ho! And I, I looked up, I see the lights of the... Uh, of the breakwater, the sun had gone down by then, and everyone got excited. I knew we'd make it back. He said, no, you didn't. You know, and they were all jumping up and down. And, and then my wife says, I knew you'd bring us back. And so uh, she did go out with me again and again and again. And like I said, we got married a year and three months later. And that's how we met. She's an amazing mm-hmm. person and, you know, it was a fairy tale storybook <laughs> romance. And uh, everything was just perfect. For the first 21 years, we just had a perfect life. You know, we we raised the the girls. We had one of our own, and we raised the other two, and and kind of wondered why things were so good for us. You know, because everyone else seemed to have problems, but we we didn't. But then then we got our share. <laughs> but yeah, you know what? We yeah, overcome you it. Uh, yeah. Everything happens for a reason, and uh, our faith is just as strong as it's ever been. Our love has been just uh, as strong as it's ever been. And, you know, these trials are just to test your faith, see if it's pure. You can't test a person's faith when there's money in the bank and when you're healthy and when, uh, you know, nobody's suing you. You test your faith when your wife serves you divorce papers and the doctor says you have three days to live and, and the CPA says mm-hmm. you've got to do bankruptcy. Then you'll see what you're really made of. <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah. i got to say, just that, that story, that story is just... <laughs> It's incredible. That's better than I think. That's better than anything I've seen on Netflix in a long time. That's a great story. And uh, uh, I don't know if Charlene's listening to me now. She is. Yes. Okay. Be a yes. I, okay. I hear you. Thank you. All right, Charlene, sister, you gotta you gotta understand when he tells a story about going over and you're cooking for him. It sounds like he went over there thinking. What does she want from me? Somebody to cut her grass, and probably as he smelled, as he got inside, thought, "Oh, eight course meal and my dessert." So, <laughs> yeah, like the like the Black Widow. <laughs> She's a smart woman. Okay, she was telling her girlfriend, "No, I can't do it." She goes, "Yeah, go for it." She goes, "No, but he's so much younger." She goes, "So." So she had to really be coaxed <laughs> into it. But when she went, she jumped in both feet. And I never knew what Charlene, I like your style. I like your style, lady. <laughs> I'm glad you laughed at me with that. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I know you, you bring to people, you know, because you know that so many people end up getting such such a um, burnout and just get so completely worn out, just just. They they just go I, I just can't and they just want to take off running like, you know, I got I, I know I'll write a note leave it and run away or something, and uh, I mean you weren't going to run away but you know, and um, is this not this is what brought you into doing work as a life coach was it? Yeah yeah we you know we actually uh, in her condition we were marriage counselors for our church. And that sounds kind of strange because how oh, could she marry? She was she was more effective than I was because, like I said, she can communicate. Uh, I saw her just mm-hmm. talking to some guy at the restaurant while we were waiting for a table for 20 minutes. And, you know, in 20 minutes she had them laughing and they're slapping each other on the back and, and just making a ruckus. And I said, what's going on over here? And he had no idea she cannot talk because uh, she can communicate, you know, through her facial expressions and her 
tonality. They say 85% of communication mm-hmm. is nonverbal. We went to the National Publicity Summit in New York to to find a guest for a radio show. We actually uh, interviewed uh, 45 guests, and um, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I got it backwards. We we went to interview guests for a radio show, but before that, we went as a guest to be on other shows. Um, you know, Good Morning America and uh, uh, the Today Show and uh, Kelly and Ryan, all that. So we had 88 producers interviewing us to be on their shows. And the first thing many of them would do, they'd go right over to Charlene because, of course, she's dressed like the Queen of England and she's radiant <laughs> and glowing. And they start up a conversation with her and she just chimes right in. She's having a conversation with them and they'll they'll come to me. And I'll explain to them, you know, that she had a stroke. She can't talk. She said, what do you mean? I was just talking to her. I said, no, she was communicating, but she wasn't talking. <laughs> so that's how good she is. Yeah, I believe you. So let me see, ask you this, too. You have a – in fact, I'll tell you what. Let me just wait. I'm going to take one second for a message. Or well, excuse me, about 60 seconds for a message, and then I'll be right, right back with more questions. And I am thrilled to be here with caregiver Dave Nassani. If you have a question for him, you could call 646-716-9922, and I'll be right back. So, Chuck. Talk to us about Fisdale being the Knicks' new coach. What's your uh, thoughts on that? Well, well, I'll I tell you right now, Ernie, it don't matter who going to coach this team. They don't got no talent on it. And I don't I don't really feel I talk That's kind of harsh. I don't feel I talk about the Knicks right you now. Want to talk about lunch? No. <laughs> what would you like to talk about, Chuck? See, Ernie, I've been listening to a podcast called Madame Perry Salon. And I think Jennifer Perry... She's a great host. I mean, she got all those bestseller authors, Rostar, all the dip comedians. What about people you that could, don't have rings? Here we go. Again. I got Real fun. Ah, 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 but I think she's great, and I think people would love her show. She got a great laugh. She make The laugh come out of nowhere, like an eagle come in there and just steal the whole show. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's not terrible. It's not terrible. Sometimes that's the best thing you can hope for, at least for me. Anyway, Dave Nassani. That's a funny commercial, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) You had me in stitches. (laughs) Thank you. You produced that yourself, did you? No, 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 my voice doesn't go that low, but uh, <laughs> I can get those guys to do one for you, too, if you like. <laughs> but um, now, when did you start? You also have, um, in addition to speaking um, and traveling and having the books, uh, and, of course, your latest one, it's My Life to Thrive and Stay Alive as a Caregiver. And, of course, what was the first one was uh, One Arm, One Leg, and 100 Words. Yes. And then the second book right. that I did was about the gas station. Um, you know, uh, I was pretty popular because in those days we had the gas shortages. You know, I don't know if you're old enough to remember that, but uh, oh, yeah. ba- basically, uh, you know, there was one in 74, there was another one in 79 when I got my station. And uh, wherever I went, if I had my mobile shirt on because of the mobile station, I was the most popular guy in town because everybody wanted to know a gas station owner so they can, <laughs> you know, go get some gas and not have to wait in line. But uh, they would always have the same questions, you know, is it better to get a regular or, or should I get premium? You know, are all gas brands the same? Uh, there's a 20% spread, you know, in most of them. Does your oil company 
uh, tell you how much to charge, you know, just all these questions. And finally, I says, I'm just going to write a book and answer all these questions. These are all the same questions. So I wrote a book called Getting Hosed, Secrets, Confessions, and Tales of the Gas Sta- of a Gas Station Owner. And so that's my second book. Now I'm working on my fourth book. As you mentioned, the third one. My fourth book is about mm-hmm. uh, hammock wisdom. So I've, I love hammocks. I've been on hammocks all my life, and I have a lot of wisdom, people tell me. I used to, you know, counsel my teenage friends uh, how they can get a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Uh, and if they followed my advice, it usually worked. And if they didn't, it didn't. And so over the years, I've discovered, you know, I'm, I'm being really selfish, keeping all this wisdom to myself as I'm here on my hammock, solving the world's problems and solving my problems and solving my friends' problems. I says, I'm going to share this with the world. So I started YouTube uh, and Facebook Live videos Five minutes of Dave's hammock wisdom, <laughs> and I've been doing it for a year, a year and a half, almost two years now. I've got hundreds of them, and then I realized, you know, a lot of people aren't on YouTube, they aren't on uh, Facebook. I'm going to transcribe all of these videos and uh, and put them in in a book. So uh, last year, when my wife and I uh, went to Hawaii, we go to Hawaii twice a year. Uh, one month each time, because uh, why not? <laughs> you know, it's paradise. And uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, we always said when we traveled, we would see these old people like on a cruise ship uh, with oxygen tanks and wheelchairs. I says we're going to travel before we're old and decrepit, and and uh, you know, so that we can enjoy it. <laughs> and so we've always been in the habit of traveling. And now. Since her stroke, we're saying, hey, you know what? Who knows what tomorrow will bring? I may be in a wheelchair uh, by next year. Let's lose inheritance, you know, have a, have a good time, live life, you know. Tomorrow is not promised. So, um, That's the truth. Yeah, I now, forgot. On my, your website, I forgot what I was trying to say. <laughs> I lose train of thought. We were talking about Dave's hammock. We were talking oh, about yeah, hammock wisdom. Yeah, so um, yeah. while I was there for the month, I was just transcribing the videos, you know, listening to them and, and writing them down word for word, thinking that that would be the end of it. But then when I got home and started reading this stuff, I said, oh, no, this needs heavy editing because you can't write a book the way we talk. They say you should write a, mm. uh, a book the way you talk, but not exactly the way you talk, you know, not word for word. So it's been harder editing it so i'm i i've got it all edited and then i got to edit it again and i have to edit it again you just got to keep going until you find uh very few uh typos and and grammatical things and stuff like that so that's called um dave's hammock wisdom 99 lessons learned living life and it was supposed to be out by now but the coronavirus thing slowed me down <laughs> so i'm shooting yeah. for October. yeah Okay, well, good, good. We hope so. Um, so I, I started a website, on, on caregiverdave.com. Caregiverdave.com. Yes, it's thank a membership. You. It up. Caregiverdave.com, and it's yeah. just like it sounds, caregiverdave.com. That's right, and it's a great I'm website, a easy to navigate. Yes, because you've been there, right? So it's a membership website. Now, if you're not a member, you know, you have access to to some of it. But if you are a member, then you get full access to all the secret places, all of the places. Uh, everything that I've ever done is on the Internet somewhere, but it would take you days to find it all. 
I stuck it all in one place at caregiverdave.com, and I categorize it so that you can, you know, type in anything and you can find it immediately. So I highly recommend. And so I tried to come up with uh, an amount of money that a caregiver can afford because, you know, I don't need the money. I have a gas station. I'm doing okay. But it does cost money for uh, to operate this website. So I figured at least if I could break even, you know. So I figured $97 was a good amount of money that any caregiver can afford. Now, it's hard for a caregiver to spend $97 on themselves. They will gladly spend it on their loved one. In fact, they'll give and give and give mm-hmm. their last breath and die to their loved one because, you know, they think their life isn't as important as their loved one, which is ridiculous. Your life has to at least be as important as as your loved one and probably more so because if you don't love yourself, how are you going to love another? So um, it isn't $97 a month. It isn't even $97 a year. It's $97 for the rest of your life, for God's sake. And not only oh, do you goodness. get the videos and the blogs and, and the articles and, and the resources, the tools, and uh, my videos, you get uh, a complimentary coaching session from me because I get $100 to coach people you know, uh, an hour, but I'm going to donate uh, a coaching session absolutely free. You get the whole shebang for $97 for the rest of your life. Now, is that a deal? I think it's a deal. And but That's a sweet deal. They say you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink it. So I say, if you know a caregiver, get them a gift, because they probably won't get it for themselves, uh, and you'll be giving the gift of life. You'll ah. probably be saving their life, you know? That's a beautiful gift. Everybody yes, knows I mean, a caregiver. Even, oh, Just yeah, like everybody true. knows someone that's with cancer. True. Everybody knows someone who's caring for someone. Now with the coronavirus, there's so many brand new. I mean, all these people that have the virus now, somebody's got to be caring for them when they get out of the hospital. So there's there was about uh, uh, one-third of the U.S. population, right? There's 325 million people. Mm-hmm. There's about 100 million people. Um, who are caregivers, and now there's probably more because of the coronavirus. I like to say, uh, because I wrote my book, It's My Life to Thrive and Stay Alive as a Caregiver. If you're not a caregiver, <laughs> just wait. <laughs> you're either going to become one or you're going to need one. There's no escaping it. Caregiving is eventually going to touch your life. So I say now is the time to learn how to become a caregiver uh, while you have time. Not after tragedy strikes. You don't have time to scratch your head like, like it happened to me. Mm. Yeah. And I have three free gifts at caregiverdave.com. If you want, just want to go there and check it out, uh, go to the uh, burnout quiz section, and you will get a, a free online burnout quiz. Because, you, you know, some people don't know that they're burned out. Some people do. But if you're not sure, take the quiz, six simple questions from AARP, and it will tell you what your score is. And it will tell you how you can improve your score and be less burned out. In addition to that, I'm going to give you a free audio soundtrack to help you go to sleep because, you know, the average caregiver gets two or three hours sleep a night. I can't survive on that. Caregivers need eight hours mm-hmm. sleep every single night. And so that will help you go to sleep and get to sleep. And then the third um, mm-hmm. gift is my first book, One Arm, One Leg, 100 Words, Overcoming Unbelievable Hardships, uh, and the download section. And so uh, those three gifts are just for visiting and giving me your email and your name just so that I can uh, email you your link. 
That's magnificent and 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 so generous. You're right. It's not 97 a, a week or or month or year. It's flat. 97 flat. And yes, go to caregiverdave.com and on the page where I'm on the link. Uh, excuse me, the tab across the top where it says burnout quiz. That's where you'll see all of these things. And like I, you'll see too, it's very easy podcast. I mean, a website to navigate. And when you were talking, too, about everybody's a caregiver, if not, just wait. And then you also mentioned, even more so now with the uh, situation of the pandemic, the coronavirus. Right. And help me out here, because I don't know, uh, you know, uh, you know more about these things than, than I do. I also think I have read situation, uh, read articles about how maybe in the last maybe 10 years or, or 20 years or so, a lot of people because, I don't know, maybe because children, people have had children a little bit later and because people live longer, that there are some people who not only have young children they're raising, but they also at the same time have parents they're taking care of. That's right. So they, they call it the sandwich generation, you know, when, when you're ah. taking care of young children. And now your parents need need care, you know, they're elderly. And then uh, sometimes your wife, your spouse also needs care. And I call that a, a club sandwich generation. You got the kids, you got the spouse, and you got your parents that you're all taking care of. You're, you're balancing all these plates like you were on the Ed Sullivan show and trying not to drop it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I came up with a care formula, C-A-R-E. C, communicate with your friends. Don't isolate yourselves. Caregivers need to maintain their relationships with their friends, okay? And don't dump on them about what a terrible day you have. Save that for the support group. That's what they're there for. They'll, they'll dump on you. You dump on them. Uplift your friends. Go to the movies like you used to. Go, to, go work out like you used to. Do. Just maintain those relationships so that nobody stops calling because nobody wants to be around Debbie Downer, hear how, how rotten your day was. Hey. Ask for help and be specific. Have a list ready if someone says, hey, do you need any help? Instead of saying, no, 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 I got it, or you can't think of anything, write down everything you need. Well, yeah, I need lettuce from the store. Can you stop by and pick it up? Or, you know, it would be great if I can get away and get my hair done, uh, if you can get your hair done today, you know. Um, If you can come by and watch mom for an hour or so, and so on. R, risk. Like I said, caregivers need eight hours rest every single day. The average one only gets two or three, and I certainly can't survive with that. I don't think you can either. And E, eat healthy, nutritious food. Don't eat junk food. Junk food's got chemicals, sugar, processed ingredients. All that stuff will kill you. And don't let people guilt you. You know, uh, don't let people pile the guilt on like they were stacking pancakes. I'm, re- I'm reminded of Sanford and Son, that show uh, that used to be on the air. Yes. Fred Sanford used to guilt his son Lamont into doing all sorts of cockamamie harebrained schemes that was not in his interest to do. And caregivers are the same way. You know, when something like this, oh, oh, this is a big one. No, son, really, it's a big one. <laughs> I'm coming to meet you, honey. It's a big one. And Lamont would fall for that con every single time. And caregivers are the same way. It's like being handcuffed to your loved one for the rest of your life. Uh, uh, A prisoner in your own home, a caregiver prison with no possibility of parole. That kind of guilt will kill you. And then the last thing is Mm -hmm. to ask for help. Everyone has one of these, right? It's called a cell phone, this little black thing. You turn it on, you punch in your Mm -hmm. number, and you talk. Hello, Mom. I need help. That was driving me crazy. You know, call your brother, call your sister, call your wife's ex-husband, call anybody, but get over that silly notion. If you can't do this all by yourself, 
you're a failure as a caregiver because that attitude will kill you. Those are some tips. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All of those are good. You know, you just reminded me of something. This is just a little bit off, but, you know, there's so many uh, song parodies that have come out, and some of them are quite good uh, during the about COVID-19, coronavirus and things. I'm sure you've heard them. And uh, you remember the song, uh, Charlene, you might remember this too, the song Jolene by Dolly Parton? Yeah, Jolene, Jolene, Jolene. <laughs> jo- Jolene, please don't take my man. That one, yeah. yeah. I saw a couple, uh, a couple that you go. There's a whole thing is please don't take him just because you can. And now I've seen, I've seen one where the couple sings, Jolene, please come and get my man because <laughs> he's quarantined with him and he's driving her nuts. <laughs> Charlene, I'm digging a hole. I mean, Jolene, I'm digging a hole in the backyard. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a true country song. <laughs> so, so yes, that kind of yeah. Come and get him. Come and get him, Jolene. So, anyways, yep. one other thing I want to mention too, while I've still got you here for people listening, is uh, <sighs> you also have a radio show. Yes. So and it's on, about um, that. Where they can I've got. It. I actually have three radio shows. The I do one. Once a month on the HealthyLife.net radio network. That's syndicated in all 50 states, 135 countries. And you can uh, listen to that show on HealthyLife.net and search down under archive shows and find my name, Caregiver Dave. And then my other show I do weekly. It's on 25 global and audio uh, platforms, you know, YouTube, video, uh, Vimeo, rather, um, iHeartRadio, YouTube, all those uh, things like that, Blog Talk Radio. And um, you can uh, find those on either YouTube or Blog Talk Radio or my membership website. They're all there in one place. Like I said, hundreds and hundreds. been doing it for like six years now, I think, 52 weeks times six. That's a lot of shows. And then the third mm-hmm. show I do, I do in conjunction with the Neil Haley Show. He's uh, syndicated in um, – uh, Pittsburgh, and he does. He interviews celebrities, so I I co-host with him, and we interview celebrity caregivers. And at, uh, we're first the first part of the show, we just talk about their celebrity uh, status, you know, like the the cast of Happy Days or the cast of of um, uh, oh, I can't think right now, but there's so many. Um, stars out there, uh, country western stars. I think we well, you did. Um, oh, my my mind just went blank. Anyway, and at the very end, we talk about caregiving, and every almost every single one of them has a caregiver story. And in fact, my fifth book that I haven't even started writing yet, but I I've got it planned already, is going to be transcribing these um, celebrity caregiver stories into a book to tell their story. Oh, that will be. Mm. That's going to be an extraordinary book. I think that'll be a definite bestseller because the people say, yes, they're like us. They have the same situations. They have yeah. the same. Just, it's just like the virus. You know, the virus live. doesn't discriminate. Conservative, uh, liberal, uh, black, white, man, woman, and uh, caregiving doesn't either. It's, it's just a cross swath of the population. And, you know, whatever I tell caregivers is good for the population. You know, everybody needs uh, boundaries. Everybody uh, needs to put their needs first. It's just normal stuff. But when you're a caregiver, it just is magnified, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, hey, caregiver Dan hey. Nassani, Charlene Nassani, 
thank you both so much for, for being so generous with your time and your information and sharing things with us tonight here on Madam Perry's Salon. And, you know, I have a lot of people that tell me they listen when they're riding in their cars, so that's why I always make sure that they want that I tell them that if you didn't, you know, if you're driving, you're jogging, you can't write this down, I will be sharing the link uh, to Dave's website and everything else is a podcast, radio shows. Um, also, if you want to hire him, I mean, this, he's spoken on several, um, been on several TV shows, him and Charlene. Oh, by the way, Charlene, it was the um, NBC Palm Springs today where you had that pink hat and the pink shoes. Yeah. Loved them. Uh, and let's see, also, uh, he's spoken at, what, Harvard, um, the NASDAQ market site in, in New York City, West Point Military Academy, Carnegie Hall. You can get... Maybe you can get. De- oh, you've been in Atlanta, Coca Cola, um, Mercedes Benz as well. If you want to, if you want. And we're going to be talking. We're going to be sharing. Uh, we're going to be sharing the stage very soon in Atlanta, also with uh, Dr. Oz and um, the real Patch Adams and Jocelyn Elders, the uh, the person who used to talk. Um, put the warnings on the cigarette labels. The, the uh, Surgeon General. General. And uh, yeah. um, oh, I can't remember all of them. Uh, Doctor uh, Drew, Doctor Drew, whole bunch Drew. of uh, medical. And so that'll be fun. And we'll get pictures with all of them oh, too. Yeah, I love definitely. getting pictures with celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Oz is on the TV. Too. Like every time you turn around, he's talking about this virus. So he's a great guy to. To be uh, sharing the stage with. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's going to be it's a stellar lineup all the way. So if I will be sharing the way the website address and all the other information, so you can uh, find a website, so you can uh, join the community, and or or join it for yourself or give it as a gift to someone you know, and uh, that way you won't miss any anything. You can still watch all the shows. You can uh, learn how to see where to get the books, and uh, and know where to see them in person when we can all come out and play again. So I'll Thank have you all so much. How sweet. All my social media. Oh, you're happy to. And, Are uh, you a hairdresser? Is that why you call it uh, your salon? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Actually, I was a hairdresser many years ago and an esthetician, but the salon was too. throw back to... <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> She's probably much better than me, but... Uh, the um, Charlene, the shampoo said, I know I'm in the South. I should have been good at that, but I never was. You but, still do your um, own hair? Uh, no, I have a no. <laughs> <laughs> I might be doing my husband's now. You know, I used to cut his. But, you know, yeah. in, in centuries past, there would be uh, a woman who was a patron of the arts, and she would have like a salon in her home, and maybe there would be the musicians or, or uh, artists or writers or thought leaders of the day would gather. Yeah. And that was the salon, uh, which is also how uh, um, J.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis met in one of those. Lewis was an atheist, and Tolkien, you know, eventually uh, converted yeah. to Christianity. Otherwise, there wouldn't have been all those Chronicles of Narnia and, and those books. Yeah, but anyway, this great. is my salon in cyberspace. Oh. And as you see, it's right here in, in this little genie bottle where we are, out in cyberspace. So that is... <laughs> My patroness of the art life. So anyway, I'll be sharing all of your social media, only for Adam Perry Salon, but also the social media for Jennifer Perry, so that everyone will know how to get in touch with you, get your books, and um, 
again, thank you both for uh, sharing your story. For for you've helped. You the thing is, I doubt you even know a fraction of how many people you've helped. You've both helped. So thank oh, you so thank much. Thank you so much. And, You're so sweet. Well, you guys have been an absolute pleasure and very sweet to me. And I am going to close out with uh, one of my sayings, and this is my song. If you want it, I'll send you the CD. And if you don't like the whole thing, it makes a great cat toy or a coaster. And it's everybody got to see it. Yeah. So, I'll uh, take anything that's free. Yeah, send it. And, <laughs> and, uh, all right, and it's Charlie, Charlie, and I love it. And Dada Perry, I'll see you there. Well, we're the Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.